clap your hands to Jesus. Oh, are you clapping your hands to Jesus? Give Jesus a better clap offering. Give him a better clap offering. Glory be to Jesus. And let's celebrate the chosen vessels. That was a powerful song. That was a powerful song. Lovely song. It was anointed. It was a blessing. Are you blessed this morning, church? Are you sure you are blessed this morning? Come on, clap your hands and shout a better yes. Hallelujah. This morning, I want for you to please move to five, six people and tell them God is here for you. Yeah. Shake them, shake them, look into their face. It's a prophecy. God came to church because of you. Jesus. Give Jesus a big clap offering this morning. Don't take your seat yet. Don't, don't sit down yet. My guy, keep touching the keyboard. Eh? Alright, let's do a, a quick prayer before we take our seats. Please lift up your hands with me. And say with me, say, my father. Let me hear your voice like you mean it. Say, my father. This morning. I plead the blood over my family. Let me hear you well. Say, over my family and my destiny. Say, Lord, for the rest of the year, preserve my life. Say it well. Say, preserve my life. Preserve my family. Preserve my children. Preserve my business. Preserve my going out. Preserve my coming in. Preserve my health. Say divine preservation. Church, I can hear you. Shout and say divine preservation. Say preserve from accident. Preserve from sicknesses. Preserve from disease. Preserve from premature death. Say, oh God, preserve my family. Shout it for the last time. Say, oh God, preserve my family. Lift up your voice and talk to God. Tell the Lord to preserve your life. Father, preserve us. Preserve us. Preserve us. The Bible says, he is able to keep that which we commit into his hands. Against that great day. This morning we pray, Father, preserve us. Father, preserve your children. Father, preserve our health. Preserve our businesses. Preserve our lives. Preserve our going out. Preserve our coming in. Divine preservation. Preservation from accident. Preservation from thieves. Preservation from sudden attacks. Preservation from premature death. Divine preservation. 
preserve us, Lord, that the sun shall not smite us by day, nor the moon by night. In the name of Jesus, church, open your mouth and pray that God preserve us. Our children that travel, preserve them. If your husband is traveled, Lord, preserve. Our wives who traveled, preserve them. In the name of Jesus, Lord, in school, in school, preserve our children. On the roads, preserve us. Lord, in the air, preserve us. Divine preservation. Divine preservation. Lift up your voice and pray. Divine preservation. Preservation. Father, preservation. Divine preservation. Divine preservation. By the blood of Jesus Christ, we pray today that we shall be preserved. Our life shall be preserved. Our health shall be preserved. Our family shall be preserved. Our job shall be preserved. Our destiny shall be preserved. Our career shall be preserved. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father, preservation. Preservation by the blood. Preservation. We declare that by the blood of Jesus, we shall enjoy preservation. We shall be preserved on every side. In the name of Jesus Christ, anything that threatens our lives, threatens our families, threatens our health, threatens our destinies, threatens our marriages, threatens our destinies, threatens our lives, threatens our families. Today we pray, Father, preserve us. Father, preserve your people in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare today, let our grandchildren be preserved. Let our destinies be preserved. Let our spouses be preserved. Let our loved ones be preserved. Let our loved ones be preserved in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. If you have anybody who is traveled, if you have anybody close to you who is traveled, either out of Accra or out of the country, as you make this prayer, you just come in terms. When you come here, touch the altar and mention the person's name. And just ask that God preserve them. Then you go back to your seat. Please, do you understand what I'm trying to say? In the name of Jesus, I make a decree that you shall welcome that loved one and you shall not welcome their coffin. Come on, let me hear you sound a better amen. Anyone who is a family member connected to you who is traveled, they shall come back in peace in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift up your hand. Shout, my father. Come on, shout it. Say, my father, by the blood, I declare anybody connected to my family, to this church family, I declare wherever they are divine preservation say oh God preserve them bring them back safely we declare any arrow assigned to their lives right now let the arrow catch fire catch fire catch fire lift up your voice and pray lift up your voice and pray come on make that prayer for that person in the name of Jesus. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Just mention the person's name for preservation. And go back. I declare. Let that person be preserved. Let their lives be preserved. Let their destinies be preserved. In the name of Jesus. 
every arrow of any kind assigned to cut short their lives. Father preserve, Father preserve, Father preserve. On this altar we declare supernatural preservation. On this altar we declare divine preservation, divine preservation by the blood of Jesus, divine preservation by the blood of Jesus, divine preservation divine preservation in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ we decree that you are preserved on every side preservation on every side we plead the blood of Jesus over the roads we plead the blood over the aircraft we plead the blood over the sea we plead the blood on every means of transportation we plead the blood of Jesus and we make a demand that by the blood of Jesus there shall be preservation in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ lift up your hands let's pray the last prayer please pray and pray with your heart Somebody shout amen. amen. I didn't hear your amen. I said shout amen. amen. Are you in church this morning? Alright, lift up your hands and close your eyes. Say my father from now can you hear? Say from now to the end of the year I declare any assignment from the pit of hell Right now, I command it. Cut fire. Say, I declare divine protection from armed robbers, protection from accident, protection from powers, demonic forces, assassin forces. In the name of Jesus, divine protection on every side. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voice and pray this last prayer. Divine protection. Please pray this prayer. Father, protect us. Protect us. Protect us. Protection. Divine protection. Divine protection. lift up your hands and just thank the Lord lift up your voice and thank him just thank him this morning thank him for preservation thank him for protection thank him for keeping your life lift up your voice and thank him just thank the Lord
Lift up your voice and thank him. Lift up your voice and thank him. Lift up your voice and thank him. Just thank him. Just thank him. Hey, Jesus. Lift up your voice, church. Lift up your voice. Lift up your thanksgiving. Oh, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. preserved may your family be preserved from now to the end of the year any prediction spiritual calculations projections into the atmosphere cosmic projections to assassinate your life and the things attached to you I declare they will fail I speak that you are preserved together with your family. That the sun shall not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. When you step out, you shall return in safety. When our children go out, they shall be under the wings of God's angels. Receive divine preservation. I shall receive divine preservation. Receive divine preservation. Any mark of the devil to take you, to take down your business, to take down your finances, to take down your marriage, to take down your career before it's time, I declare today, I command it to backfire. Let it backfire. You are preserved. I said on the road you are preserved. In the air you are preserved. On the sea you are preserved. Somebody shout divine preservation. Clap your hands and give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. God bless you. Lift up your Bible with me. Say this is my Bible. It is the word of God. I believe what he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. I am not a hearer only, but I'm a doer of the word. Say by this word, I am moving from where I am to my next level. In Jesus' name. Wave your Bible. I will wave that Bible and shout a big amen. Please take your seat. Say yes, we will, mommy. 
to wish Lady Jifai a happy birthday. Hey. You know, we love her, don't we? I'm watching you. She's my wife. Those of you are not saying yes. You're a suspect. I said we love her, don't we? Let's say we love you. Say happy birthday, Lady Jifai. say a big thank you to Reverend Pani, the resident pastor and all the pastors for holding the fort in my absence. Reverend Ebumbia, our UK division, um, zonal overseer, he was here last two Sundays to be a, were you blessed? Yeah. You know, anytime I travel, I watch the service home. I watch the service from crank crank to crank crank. I watch everything. And last Sunday, Last Sunday, the internet was playing up. So I called Richard. I said, what is happening? I'm not seeing the video. Why? You know, but I was following. And last Sunday, Reverend Isaac was a big blessing. Let's put our hands together. Let's celebrate them. But thank you all, church board members and everybody. Yeah. Amen. This month is a month of impact. Somebody say impact. Oh, somebody say Impact. Oh, before I forget. So, I, I, you know, this morning I just woke up with somebody in my mind. And I was just thinking of the person and how committed he has been and all of that. And I just came into church and felt that I should give the person. Why well, you think you are the one? <laughs> I just felt I should just give this person just a small gift. Just to let the person know that he's appreciated. So I said he. So once you are a she, you just know that you are out. Alright. So I just wrote something small in there. Appreciating your dedicated service to God and the church from your pastor Bishop Ray. And Daniel, come for it. Yeah. Come for it. Yeah. Ubakani. But let's put our hands together for him. I think we should let him write an exam on it. What do you think? All right. Danny? Okay. my exam. When should we write the exam? Huh? Next week. Okay. Uh, okay. 
Ake bankwa fita uluwe. All right. But it's a month of a month of impact, and in all of Perez Chapel churches, um, we are dealing with the subject of impact. And I trust that it's going to be a blessing to us tremendously. Let's turn our Bibles to First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twelve and thirteen. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twelve and thirteen. Thank you, Jesus. Please give me King James Version. Thank you. Paul said, We beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you to esteem them very highly in love for their works sake and be at peace among yourselves Paul was literally pleading with the church of Thessalonica that they should recognize and esteem those whom God have placed over them and God have set over them as leaders and they should recognize and esteem them because of their labor. Their labor. Everybody say labor. Paul calls the work of God or the work of ministry labor. Now, what we are teaching this week, um, all right. So, Paul was saying that the work of ministry is labor. Unfortunately, in the world today, a lot of people don't see ministry work as labor. In fact, people conclude and say that doing ministry is a lazy man's work. Have you heard somebody say that before? Oh, don't, don't, don't be worried. I'm, I'm not offended. Have, have you heard somebody say that before? All right. But the word used or the Greek word used for labor is spelled K-O-P-I-A-O which means to work until you are worn out. Work until you are worn out. Have you ever felt worn out before? Have you ever felt so tired that you feel useless? Like you are so tired that you don't even know where you slept and how you slept. Has it happened to you before? All right. So that is the that is the word Paul used to describe ministry work. Labor until you feel worn out or depleted or exhausted. It also means to toil or work with effort. To work with effort. Or to work with effort in body and in mental labor. So, when Paul was describing ministry, he was talking about the fact that work until you feel tired mentally and physically. So, all he was trying to tell the people was that 
esteem them and recognize them because of their labor because they work until they are worn out until they are depleted they work or they labor or they toil bodily and mentally and spiritually alike so why does paul use such strong terms in reference of the work of god and that is one of the things we are going to find out now why must we talk about this is it necessary for church members to know whether somebody's work is the way it is or not it is very necessary because most of the times when we don't know the value of a thing we are likely to play down on it and most of the times when we don't understand the value of a thing we are not even able to derive the actual benefit from the thing oh if you as a husband you came back from work and did not know the process your wife went through to prepare food for you you are likely to just look at the food and just ignore it like it is nothing and talk anyhow but if you know the process if you know the toil if you know the labor that went in even when there is too much salt you will say baby you've done well but next time here with Jesus salt in the is that a valid point to make and so the next time your wife is likely to give you a more sumptuous meal because you recognize and you esteem their labor there are women who are unhappy because probably they are at home maybe as a housewife or they've given birth and are home and the husband comes back from work and the husband makes it look like you are just being at home you don't do anything you are just at home lazy woman you are home and the place is dirty and the house is not swept but if only you knew how that baby in the womb was kicking her it is more than a fight ladies am i speaking the truth yeah and there are some women who think that look why do you come back from work and you are just sitting down watching tv and you don't even want to talk you just went to town you just well, are you the only man who is working but if that man should tell you the hustle he has been through and the frustrations he has had oh thank god for women as for women when they go through pain they will say it in fact when they go through an incident for one minute they will come back and narrate it for one hour oh ladies you are blessed but a man will go through a harsh ordeal for hours he will come back home and don't want to talk about it i'm an example and and i just want to i just want to be and at that point i don't even want to talk about it but the truth of the matter is that sometimes our conflict is as a result of the fact that we don't recognize we don't see the labor we put in from both sides to make things work and so in many churches there are people there are leaders who should have been appreciated they were rather roasted and fried they were criticized and bastardized because people did not think that what they were doing was work enough but this church is a different church oh if you are clapping your hands clap it better amen so 
in, in my sermon today, we will examine or we shall examine biblical perspectives of the work of the ministry and what God expects us as a church to do as his people. Amen? Oh, I said amen. I will be using the term pastoral ministry a lot or spiritual work so that you will also know what your responsibility is and what you are supposed to do. Because together, we will build a church. The people didn't want me to come back. Can I go back next week? (laughs) But can I hear somebody say amen? But quickly, let's go through some few misconceptions about the work of, of ministry or pastoral work. These are some few misconceptions I want us to take note of. Number one. But the first misconception is that pastoral ministry is not actual work. It's not actual work. Many people actually don't see pastoral ministry as work. So you hear some parents tell their children who want to be pastors that go and find work to do. Most of the times when somebody is even working in an office, either as a messenger, as a cleaner, they work somewhere as a manager, as a banker or something, it is seen as this is work. This is actual work. For many people, pastoral work is not work. It's not really work. It is. And nowadays, we've made it worse by using adjectives like it is a voluntary something. And we don't classify it as proper work. Oh, when somebody's carrying blocks, you say, wow, the person is hardworking. The second misconception of ministry is that ministry work is inferior. It's inferior. I read one day from one of Bishop Doug Howard Mills' book. And you know, he came from a very good background. And he said that when God called him to come into full-time ministry, he felt so bad because he, he, he couldn't believe that or he didn't want people to say that they are using people's tithes and offering to pay him. So he didn't want to. And he's a trained doctor. So for him to leave medical practice, to come and say, I'm a pastor, I'm a full-time pastor. And then people have to pay their tithes so that some is taken to pay him. He felt it was, it was too low. And even a lot of pastors even think like that. So, and there are people who have told pastors in their face. And in fact, there are times when I've heard people say that, oh, the pastor will punish him. We won't pay tight. <laughs> we won't give offering. We will see how we will survive. But in this world, whether you like it or not, everybody is paid with another person's money. The doctor survives on your sickness. The nurse, when you are sick and you go there, I mean, you would think that they are so wicked that a sick man or a sick person will have to pay money. And when you go to some of our hospitals, if you don't put down money, they won't take care of you. Is that correct? Oh, Mrs. Aqua, am I correct? 
you don't put down money, they don't take care of you. Because you need to put down money so that they can pay the one who is working. The lawyer thrives on the client's problems. So you have a problem, you go and see a lawyer. Poor person. Someone is cheating you. You are poor. What's them your mob What's them your mob But when you talk, ah, you finish. No, no, is that correct? You know, he, he's a lawyer. Uh, where is Vida? Where is lawyer Vida? She's with her children. All right. You know, and after you've talked down, then they'll say, okay, but this is our, these are your charges. And every week you must pay transport when they have to go to court. Is that correct? Is that correct? Yeah. Once a while, then a, doc, a lawyer will say, this one is pro bono. But even that one, when you win the case, they will take a percentage. Amen? Same with the driver. You don't have a car or your car is spoiled. You want to move from one point to the other point. The driver will say, you have to pay. You are hungry. Poor man is hungry. Goes to a restaurant. Want to eat something. This is all I have. You have to put down your money. So in this life, everybody survives on another person's money. And we don't think the doctor's own is inferior. We don't think the lawyer's is inferior. We don't think the driver's own is inferior. We don't think the nurse's own is inferior. But the pastor is inferior. It's like you are a second class citizen. Why? Because you are a pastor. And so there are many people seated here. The last thing you want your children to do is to become a pastor. There are beautiful ladies who think that the last thing they want to do is to marry a pastor. Hello? Those, you know, somebody wrote on Facebook the other day, the easiest way to marry a pastor is to say, I don't want to marry a pastor. Because once, once you say you don't want it, God will bring it to you. All those who are saying you don't want may God bring it to you. <laughs> and those of you who want to, may God give it to you. Somebody say amen. The third misconception is that ministry is a long journey, so it can wait. Ministry is long, so it can wait. Oh, everything In fact, some years ago, for somebody to become a pastor, it means that the person should have retired from active work. Is that true? Yeah, the Presbyterian pastors, the Methodist priests, and, and all of that, when they retire as teachers or headmasters, or they retire, when the government declares them useless, that now your age is no more useful to us. So go home. Your body is weak. Go home and, and find what you can do with your body. That is when they now come and say, Yes, we we So, and it is a notion that ministry must not be entered into early enough. The fourth misconception is that ministry work is associated with poverty ministry work is associated with poverty people will tell you even in our days that if you want to do it well you, you must be ready to be poor <laughs> but that's a lie of the devil oh you didn't I said that's a lie of the devil when you do it well God blesses you I said, when you do it well, God will bless you. 
and anybody supporting the ministry work, may your blessing become unstoppable in the name of Jesus Christ. Number five, ministry work is easy and it's neither demanding or exacting. So oh, ministry work there, it's easy. There is no demand on it. Ministry work is easy. It is neither, neither demanding nor exacting. So, when they see somebody who is very skillful, very gifted, leave everything and go into ministry, they deem it like you are wasting talent. You are, you are wasting your skills. Ah, the way you are, ah, if you are a politician, or if you are a doctor, you would have been better. Ministry. Because a lot of people see that it is neither demanding nor exacting. And it is at this point that I think we should know what spiritual work actually entails. What does spiritual work entail? First Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 says, This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop... He desireth a good work. So take note. Every time Paul was talking, he will use work. He will use labor. Work, labor, work, labor, work, labor. But much of what the minister does is very difficult to see. Brahma, how many times did you rehearse the song you came to sing? Twice. Sorry? Three. All right. Okay, you have, you rest on Tuesday, you rest on Friday, and then what else? Friday for the rest of your house. Okay. And then, but before then, did you give them the song? You gave them the song. How long did, when did you give them the song? Two weeks interval. So two weeks ago, they knew they would be singing the song. And so, on their own, they were supposed to learn the song. Is that correct? Alright, so I'm safe to say that the song you sang today, you prepared it for over two weeks. And how many minutes did you sing here? Less than three minutes. Uh, less than ten minutes. Okay. Hey, ten minute song is a very long one. You can't use ten minutes to sing a song. But let's say ten minutes. So, for a song that took them ten minutes to sing... They used how many weeks? Oh, talk to me. They used how many weeks? Two weeks. Now, it would be very wrong for anybody to think that, well, oh, what? It's not, it's not a big deal. Just come and stand here. Three minutes, you are gone. What they did here, it's not three minutes. What they did here is two weeks ago. Are you understand what I'm talking about? Spiritual work cannot easily be quantified or seen. So, if anybody just looks at the fact that, oh, on Sunday morning, a pastor just shows up, preaches a message for 45 minutes, leads prayer, just stands there to say, I see this, I hear this, I see that, receive the anointing. Oh, this is not, a, this is not work. Because the whole service is for hours, now that we have even revised this, is two and a half hours. Am I talking to somebody here? Oh, talk to me, church. Is somebody talk here with me? All right. 
but the minister spends time not just a night for what I'm teaching today it has taken me to go through it over one month what I will preach next month I've started working on it next month so how do you work on it oh you must read a lot you must pray a lot can you imagine a pastor comes to stand here oh I don't even know where the scripture is um, but God will help us <laughs> how, how, many, how many of you will come back again to church you won't come amen so the people most of the times people only see 45 minutes of the pastor on the stage but it would be so wrong for the person to think that the pastor's work was just 45 minutes in a week somebody understand what I'm talking about alright in the new testament the man of God, the man of God's work was mainly broken down into two in Acts chapter 6 and verse 4 he says but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word we will give ourselves continually to prayer so this is when the disciples had problems in the church because people were murmuring and complaining because they were doing the work of ministry and they were also distributing food clothes and things and the people were not happy and so peter and co realized that this thing we can't combine it so let's get people to help us do the physical things so that we will give ourselves just to prayer and the ministry of the word now the nature of spiritual work is that the law of the work demands that we produce results and make impact the nature of spiritual work is such that you must produce results you must make an impact in the lives of people and listen to this church a parent give birth to their child the child grows wild the parents can't tame the child but they believe that the pastor who stands to preach for 45 minutes should be able to change that child. <laughs> and if the pastor doesn't, it means that pastor on your ship. But the nature of spiritual work demands that we produce results. And sometimes, when the doctor says that your sickness, we don't even know what is wrong with you, left alone to cure you, you come to the house of God and you know that through the man of God, God should be able to heal you. You can't, you can't quantify the impact of that in 45 minutes. That, oh, he just came to stand there 45 minutes. If it is that simple, I tell people, why don't you try it? But it is not the case. I pray that God will use ministers to be a blessing to your life. I don't like your amen. I said God will use the ministers to be a blessing to your life. On Friday, a gentleman called me. He's supposed to send his testimony. He said he wants, he, he wished he could come to Ghana soon and come and testify. He called me and was sharing the testimony. His wife had a deadly back problem. And they were supposed to do surgery on her back. They live in America. I remember the last time I went to America. She called me. They traveled from Pennsylvania all the way to a place called Maryland. 
where I was. They came to see me. And he said, they are scared of the surgery because they know somebody who had the same surgery and the end result was very bad. And the wife is young. And this thing had been going on for some time now. So I just prayed over oil, prayed for her, and then told her, just go use the oil. You know, everything will be fine. And then he said, I told him, I told her, the two of them, that your wife wouldn't even know when the thing left. So they left. And then she calls me and, say, he calls me and says that, look, ah, I was having a conversation with my wife on Monday. And then I asked her, ah, I've not heard her complain about her back for some time now. Then the wife said, hey, make me know who you Now, the back problem disappeared back to hell. Now, yes, if you are clapping your hands, clap it. Now, it would be extremely simplistic to think that, oh, all the pastor did was just to lay hands and just speak some words. Sometimes, after we are done with you, what we do behind the scenes for you is more than the 45 minutes are you understanding what I'm talking about? So, the nature of spiritual work is such that it must produce results. It must make an impact. That is why when you see any man of God who is making an impact, producing results, don't just treat them like it's a nobody. The Bible says, Paul says that, esteem them highly. Honor them for the sake of what they do. Amen? Three things about ministry work you need to take note of. Three things about ministry work. Number one, the labor, the constant labor in prayer. The constant labor in prayer. Colossians chapter 4 verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salute you. Always laboring fervently for you in prayers. This is, this is the nature of spiritual work. Always laboring for you in prayers. That you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Now, there are people that their pastor can be a blessing to them. Because as long as you don't value the labor of the person, it can't even help you. Now, if I'm under Archbishop Ajinasari and he's praying for me, and I know he prays for me, his assignment is to intercede for me. My assignment is to honor him and to receive his prayer. Now, if I look down on him and I treat his prayer for me lightly, then there is a problem. Now, remember Jesus said that if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. Now, the prophet may carry a reward, but until you receive it, it can't be your reward. 
Is somebody here with me today? So there are so many of you, the thing that should have blessed you at some point, you probably look down on it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I will never forget one day when I told a gentleman, he had a problem and ran to me asking for prayer. And I told him, I remember then in Joel, I said, oh, this pastor is in his office. Go, go to him, go, let him pray for you. He said, why? Because I've always felt that this person did not respect me as a pastor. There are some people, when you are even praying for them, you feel it in your heart that this one, and it is not because you are not anointed. Am I talking to somebody here? May God give us a change of heart in the name of Jesus Christ. He says, Epaphras, he's always laboring for you fervently in prayer. He's not only laboring, he's laboring fervently for you in prayers. And this is what pastors do. Amen? The man of God does two kinds of prayer. Number one is the prayer of consecration. And number two, the prayer of intercession. The prayer of consecration that God, hold me, God, use me to be a blessing to your people. You will never, hardly will you find a man of God who will pray for three hours and all the three hours he was praying for his finances, his wife, his children. No. The man of God has two major prayers they pray. God, use me to be a blessing to people. Use me to heal the sick. Use me to open that blind eye. Use me to bless that person's business. And the second prayer is to intercede for them. That God, as they go to work, Lord, honor them. Open the door for them. Give them that breakthrough they need. Give Sister Yah that miracle. Give Sister Yah that testimony. Lord, Brother James' promotion, let it show forth speedily. Lord, Brother Eric's business, Lord, let it not die. Let it survive. That is what men of God do. And all you have to do, Paul says, honor them and esteem them. By this, you will receive a prophet's reward. May you never miss your prophet's reward. Amen. I said, you will never miss your prophet's reward. Somebody lift up your hand and shout, I am blessed. Is somebody learning something this morning? So, the minister is called to give himself continually to the ministry of prayer. This means that he prays as part of his service to God and he also prays as part of his work. So, prophet Samuel said, it is a sin for me not to pray for you. That's what Samuel told the children of Israel. He says, it is a sin for me not to pray for you. Listen, I've told you before, it is not in every, it is not in every church that you sit and you blossom and you do well. It is not under every pastor that you sit and things go well for you. Are you understand what I'm talking about? So anytime you see that God is doing something, understand that there is a certain grace working for you. May this grace work for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh yes. It is a voluntary commitment to God through prayer and frequent fasting. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 27. 2 Corinthians 11:27. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty seven, Paul said, in weariness and painfulness, I'll talk about this later on, the weariness and painfulness 
the man of God goes through. In watching orphans, watching means that sometimes we don't sleep. In hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Now, was this all for himself? Talk to me, church. Was it for himself? It was for the people he was called to. He was called to a people and this was a sacrifice to the people he was called to. Amen? Now, so Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 to 4, he says, I exhort therefore that first of all supplication prayers, intercession and thanksgiving to be made for all men for kings and for all that are in authority that they may lead a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and honesty so sometimes you see a man of God praying I never used to understand it those times years ago when we used to go and pray with the archbishop and then we pray, we pray for Ghana. We pray for the community, a circle where the church is. <laughs> we pray. Until I understood that it is an assignment, it is a duty. It is a duty. So sometimes, for some, sometimes when we come to church, there are a few times when I've told you we are praying for the community and we are praying for this, we are praying for that. It is not because we don't have a need, it is because it is part of our intercessory assignment. Somebody say amen. We also pray. It is the assignment of your pastor to pray for your growth. Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. It says, my little children of whom I travel in birth again until Christ be formed in you. So, you may even be growing spiritually and sometimes you don't even understand you know why you are growing. Why? Spiritually, you are becoming desirous of godly things and stuff like that. But it is simply because somebody is interceding for you that you will grow up spiritually for healing. We intercede for the healing of God's people. Write on the scriptures. There are many because of time. Ezekiel 34 verse 2 and 4. For protection. We pray for the protection of God's people. So when, when we say, oh, those who are traveling, come forward, let's pray for you. Then you come. Then Lady Jifa will say a prayer for you. And you think that, oh, that was a prayer that was prayed for you. Really? <laughs> it's not the case. It's not the case. It didn't end there. It is somebody's constant prayer that any member of the church traveling, when they go, they should return safely. That is why when you are a member of this church and you are traveling, just don't worry. Don't, 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 don't let your heart fail you. Just go and come. Because when you go, you will come back. We also labor in the word. And above all, I'm going to stop here. I've not finished. Maybe I'll continue in the second service. But there are a few things I want to say. So let me use my five minutes to say some of the things I want to say as part of what I'm teaching. Now, one of the most difficult things in ministry work 
is keeping the people together. Managing. Now, those of you who are managers in workplaces and things like that, sometimes even your own house, where you have a family of five or four, or sometimes three. Have you seen the confusion that happens sometimes? No, talk to me. Ask somebody. Have you seen confusion before? Ask a person for me. Huh? Do you see what happens sometimes? Yeah. Now, when we come to church, Pastor James, where did you go to school? What school did you attend? Kateko. Okay. All right. From Kateko, where did you go? Accra Poly and KNUST. You went to KNUST. That's why. If you had gone to Legon, if you had gone to Legon, you would have been, yeah. Is that why? Did you go to KNUST? Okay. He said yes. Well, who, who am I to say something? <laughs> but, so people from different walks of life and then suddenly we come to church. One of the ways by which you make your pastors work easy is to do everything you can to live in harmony with one another. Yeah. Look. This week we are talking about ministry and church. So I will say, I will say things. Can I say it? There are some people, they make the work of ministry very hard. In fact, there are some people, the person sitting next to you, included. They make, some, some people can make ministry work very hard. Some people won't let anything go. Some people don't tolerate any nonsense. So everything becomes a fight in church. There are people that we labor through evangelism, follow up, soul winning, prayer, intercession, fasting, just to bring one person to church. And then somebody can comfortably sit in church and sack the person. Sack the person to go. Now, there are people here, you, you've never brought anybody to church. You've never followed up anybody. But somebody in your department did not come to church for three weeks. You didn't follow the person up. Somebody followed the person up and the person came back. When the person comes back, then you look at the person. Hey, now we saw a question in front of us. I mean, Lady Jifa was telling me, was it yesterday, about somebody, sorry, on Thursday, somebody who have not been in church for a while, we've been calling her, she calls, I call, she calls, I call, she calls, I call. And then the person said, oh, she wants to come to church, oh, but she doesn't know how people react. Yeah. When the pastor sees, you see, when the shepherd sees one sheep missing, he will leave the 99. And chase to go and look for that one sheep. But the 99 sheep, there are some of them. When they see the one sheep that was missing coming back, then they make their akruntu. Yeah? Akruntu, how do you say it in English? Yahon. Then they go back. You know the way sheep behave? Then they'll go back. And they... <laughs> it's like we don't want you around. So, a lot of pastors 
bleed. There are people who say, oh, I love the church. I love the music. I love the pastor. But because of sister so so and so, listen, if because of you, somebody's not comfortable in church, then you have a problem. If somebody leaves the church because of you, then you have a case to answer on the day of judgment. On the day, of, I'm telling you, on the day of judgment, you will have a question to answer before God. There are some, some I've seen church members and they come and people come and tell you and this person said this about me, this person, so I'm like ah. so this person is it that every day you have something to say about somebody you, you have your problem, you have not finished dealing with it, you leave your problems and every day you are talking about somebody's problem, may God deliver your mouth look at your neighbor and tell the person you are delivered if you don't say it, they will think you are the one we are talking about. So tell the person you are delivered. No, no, tell the person, tell the person you are delivered. Huh. Oh. Sometimes you have no idea. You can ask Reverend Paddy. Some of the underground movements we have to make on behalf of some of you. Because in the we will concern. You know, one of the things. I thank God for my wife. Since we married, I've never heard in any church where I've been that there is an issue in a way can't say, in a way can't say, in a way can't say, and my wife's name was ever mentioned. No. When you are there as a church member, look at the person sitting next to you and tell the person you are the one bishop is preaching to. So listen. No, you see this one? You see, I came down. Yeah, I came down because of you. When you are in a church, and every time in the church, and then, and then this one is, and then this one is, and then you, t- and then then you mention your name, how do you feel? How do you, how do you feel that every time there is confusion somewhere, confusion in the choir, your name came up, confusion in the home cell, your name came up, confusion in the ocean, your name came up, confusion this, even matters that do not concern you, your name will be mentioned. I'm telling you, ministry work is a difficult thing. It's not an easy thing. You, Paul says that recognize them, esteem them highly for their work's sake. You, if you won't honor us, if you won't recognize us, if you won't esteem us for our work, give us peace. That's the least you can do. If you won't honor us, if tell somebody, if you won't honor Bishop, if you won't esteem him, at least tell the person at least give him peace at least give him peace give him peace I'm not preaching because God told me to say what I'm saying I'm saying it because there is that problem in this church and some of you you are the problem So when people even backslide, they don't feel comfortable to come back to church. Because when they come, some of you give attitude. You, I won't talk to her. And then she went to say this. And then she went to say that. Say, hey. Oh, no. Why? 
One day, a sister did something here. I really was happy. Somebody said something, 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 some, somewhere. And then she was there. And then she told the person, I'll tell Bishop what I see. And then, it was a Wednesday. When we closed from church, I saw the sister hold somebody's hand. Walked down and came to me here. Said, I said, I'll catch them, catch the bishop. That, that sister, I, I loved her that day more. I've always loved her, but that day I loved her more. And some of the things, you see, look, to get one person to come to church is not an easy thing. I traveled, I came back on Wednesday afternoon. It was a two-day journey. We went to South Africa, but we didn't go with a direct flight. We went through Ethiopia, from Ethiopia to Cape Town, and then the same, so it was two days. You sleep in Ethiopia, and then you continue. I got back 11.30, right? 11.30 in the morning. So we go home around 2. That evening, I was preaching somewhere. With all the stress, my head was bashing me. Bing, 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 bing. I went, stood there, preached, ministered to people. Huh? Then, came home. When I came home, was it that same day or the following, or that same day? Yeah, maybe. I think the Thursday. The Reverend Pani said, oh, I know you are tired, but a few work to do. Then he sent me a list of people that I should follow them up. Yeah. And I said, thank you. I'll do that. So on the Friday, I had to make time, including my own list that I had. Call them. Call people. I, that day, the Friday, I called over 20 people. Calling them. What is this? What is that? Call them. Pray for this one. Call this one. They won't pick. Sometimes they will call you back. Then you will pick, do this one. Then when, after all of that, when the person comes to church, then you you use your akronto. Eh? Beshi akronto. Then use it to... I'm telling you that you will have something to answer to God on the day of judgment. Jesus said that anyone who scatters, he says that if anyone leaves the fold because of you, you will answer to my father on the day of judgment. So think of it. All the people you have sacked from church, God will ask you. Yeah, the person you made to lose their salvation. Some of the people, when they left this church, they didn't go to another church. Some of them, when they left this church, they didn't go to Joel. They didn't go to any church. They didn't even go to Catholic church. They just went to sit home. Some of them, when they leave church, they go and become drunkards. And they left church because of you. What do you want? You are not the only person Jesus died for. I pray that your mouth will be sanctified. Yeah. Lift up your hand and say, help me, Jesus. Yeah. Somebody told me, somebody told me, he said, Bishop, I love you. I love your ministry. I love the teachings. I love the church and everything. But the church, I can't come again. The person told me on the phone, told me, lady boy. He said, he said, I still follow the church on Facebook, but church need their member. He said, church, I won't come because. So wow. As I'm sitting, I have about three cases, and all of it, where I could come with, where I could come with. Why do you do this? Why? So it one can we one can't then a bear. 
if you don't say anything, eh? Peter, if you don't say anything, what will happen? <laughs> You've not said anything. You've not said, you're a good boy. You, yeah. you, you can't say anything. But ask the person sitting next to you, if you don't say anything, what will happen? Ask the person. Hmm? You see somebody, you see a brother and a sister in church walking. They've not told you they are coming to get married. Then you be, you, they are spreading it that they are going to get married. Are you their father or their mother? What is your problem? Are you their pastor? I'm on a warpath. <laughs> Are you their pastor? Are you their mother? Are you their father? If they marry, will you be in the marriage home? On their marriage bed, will they invite you? So if they won't invite, what is your own? If you are not married, go and look for your own. If you are married, to stay with your own. Leave them to do what? There are a few times when some of our young ladies, you know, some of them will go out, get pregnant, come, you know. Somebody had the audacity to ask me, ah, why is the person pregnant and say coming to church? I said, what, what do you mean? In command in church, unqualified. You, the ones you do in secret, the only difference between the two of you is that this one is pregnant. You, you, are, you have not seen it yet. There you come and ask me why is the person still coming to church? sorry. Now who dear we are So I mean I preach in homes. I'm in Ponkra. So make the work of the ministry easy. Somebody understand what I'm talking about. Some of you have enjoyed the message of God, but you don't want others to enjoy the message of God. You've enjoyed so much mercy from God. You went to somebody's turn, you said, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Meanwhile, you, if we were to crucify, you would have been the first person to be crucified. But when God had mercy on you, suddenly you have become a saint, you have become an angel. Angel Konimo. Suddenly, you see anybody? No, no, no. We don't do it like that. We don't do it like that. I'm not saying I condone anything evil. You understand what I'm trying to say? But the worst sinner deserves mercy. Paul says that if anyone amongst you falls, you that are standing. So, some must be standing to be able to help the sister from falling. Hey, sister. No, 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 no. We, we are with you. You can't, you can't go down. You understand what I'm talking about? But Christians today, we don't do that. When they see people falling, then they bring hammer. They knock you. Go faster. Enter the earth. Let us, let us cover you. Let us cover you. You know? And that attitude must stop. Not in this church. Can I hear somebody shout amen? amen? Look, I've heard of pastors who have committed suicide. Because some of them, they had problems they couldn't even share with anybody. Some of you, the last thing I would do is that I have a problem. And I want to talk to you. Somebody, and I call you say, oh Charlie, I want to talk about something. No, no. Hey, when I finish, you know,
Peace FM. If we are Cassiabo, Cassiabo. So there are pastors in churches who are dying. And they are dying because, you know, look, let me be very honest with you. There are things I can't talk to my wife about. Not because I want to hide something from her, but sometimes we want to protect her. No. If a church member misbehaves towards me, I can't go and call my wife and tell her that this church member did this to me. I won't do that. No, I'm not hiding it from her, but I must protect her. Are you understand what I'm talking about? And there are some of you, you are in the choir with people, but the last person you ever discuss your matter with is with the same people in the choir with. Because the trust is not there. Even when they've not seen things, they say they've seen it. Huh? When they've not heard anything, they say they've heard it. So, how do you make a mistake to call the person and say that, oh, I want to, I want to discuss? No. One of the things that Christians must uphold is people's confidentialities. That I should be able to come to Mr. Aqua and tell Mr. Aqua that I'm, I'm having a problem. You know, nowadays I'm not able to pray very well. Can you please help me, you know, hold me up in prayer? And that should be fine. That should be, that is what brothers do. But if I finish and I'm the prayer leader or choir leader, I've come to tell Mr. Aqua. Then, oh, Mr. Aqua calls Lady Boy. Oh, quality, I don't mean say, call Mom Pie. Lift up your hand and say, Help me, Lord. Is somebody blessed this morning? Are you sure you are? Why are you angry? <laughs> if you are clapping your hands, clap it well. So make the work easy. Tell somebody, make the work easy. Oh, tell somebody, make the work easy for Bishop. Yeah, make it easy. I have a commitment to God. My first commitment to God towards you is to love you. I can't intercede for somebody I don't love. And my prayer won't work for you if I don't love you. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. My first commitment to God towards you is to love you. Amen? And to stand with you. I've told you before. If I'm told that you went to steal something, God forbid, it will never happen. My police station, I'll come there personally. And I will not disown you because you did something wrong. If you've done anything, I, we are committed to stand by you. Even though we condemn the act, we will not throw you away. But the thing that will make me never stand by you is when you become a tail bearer and you create confusion in the church and you, 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 you stoke gossip and you stoke confusion that one I will cast you out I will not, the, not the spirit you not the spirit I will cast you out because the, that's scripture the bible says that cast out the scorner and the contentions will cease give Jesus a mighty clap of praise I want you to bow down your head as we pray. If you are here this morning, your sins are not forgiven. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you die today, you are not even sure you go to heaven. 
If you are here like that, I want you to please lift up one hand and I'll pray for you. You know that it is time for God to forgive you that sin, your sins. If you are here, you want your sins forgiven, please lift up one hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anybody like that? Is there anybody like that? You want your sins forgiven? All right. If there's nobody like that, shall we please stand to our feet? Let's all rise to our feet. Is there anybody here visiting us for the first time? Anybody here for the first time today? Yes. I see a hand there. You're here for the first time. Let's put our hands together. Let's welcome them. Please take your Bible, take your back and come. Yes, come. Madam, come. Yes, come. My brother at the back there, come. Church, keep clapping your hands. Let's welcome them. Oh, church, are you clapping your hands? Let's welcome them with a better clap offering. Wow. You're welcome. You're welcome. God bless you. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you very much for coming. God bless you. Please look at this gentleman. I want you to please follow him. He has something to tell you before you leave. Thank you very much for coming. Take out your second offering. If you have...